are Locked On Pistons, your daily Detroit Pistons podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's the deal? Welcome back to another episode of Lockdown Pistons Podcast. Thank you for making Lockdown Pistons your first listen of every single day. You can find us on all platforms that you can find all your podcasts, and you will find us soon over on YouTube in the next week or so. I'll be sure to let you guys know when we go live there at Lockdown Pistons. But if this is your first episode ever listening to Lockdown Pistons, I'm your host, per usual, Kuka Hill. You can find me on Twitter at Kuka Hill. You can find me over on YouTube at Kuka's Ballroom. You can also find me at Detroit Bad Boys, Brian Arkles about the Pistons, and I am now home. If you guys have been listening this week, I am finally home from Chicago. We got home at around 7 o'clock Eastern time. Uh, I'm back in my setup, so, you know, got everything. I feel a little bit more comfortable, got all this stuff flowing, and, you know, since I'm back in my setup and I got my own Wi-Fi, thank God, I decided to bring Bryce onto the podcast, host of the Mo City podcast. Bryce, how you doing, man? I'm good, Koo. I'm just excited to uh, actually talk about an actual an actual Pistons game. You know, I know it wasn't a regular season game, but um, we finally got to see our Pistons in action in uh, you know a, a semi real game. Yeah, so let's go ahead and dive into that preseason game. So me and you talked a little bit before we recorded, uh, and and I've said this throughout the week this week on the podcast that this is one of the things I was looking forward to seeing from the first po- uh, not first pocket, but the first preseason game, and that was how Casey handled the lineups. Now, uh, I've said that said this multiple times. I'm not really going to be looking at stats as much. Uh, obviously, if someone's playing pretty bad, that 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 would be different. Uh, but I'm not going to try to get too high or too low on anything with, with stats. Uh, so I was trying to find things that I can look at and try to take stuff away from in preseason. I feel like the lineups is something that you can kind of look at and get something out of that. Uh, and Dwayne Casey kind of gave us a pretty good look at what he's thinking about with lineups, uh, at least for the second unit. And that's actually what I want to talk about today with Bryce, because me and Bryce, uh, Bryce talked to me a little bit about it beforehand. And I was like, you know, this is this is probably going to be a good topic to talk about. Let's talk about this. I think me and Bryce might see things a little bit differently, uh, but we we can get it going. But uh, Dwayne Casey basically told us after the game that he didn't start Corey Joseph. The stars for the first preseason game, maybe I should tell you guys that first, uh, were Saban Lee, Rodney Magruder, Sadiq Bey, Jeremy Grant, and Isaiah Stewart. Uh, you can go ahead and assume that Jeremy Grant, Sadiq Bey, and Isaiah Stewart will be the starters, uh, but the other two probably aren't going to play. I, that's going to be my assumption. I'll let Bryce uh, give his opinion after this, but I don't think those two are going to be in the rotation. And the reason for starting those two guys instead of someone else like Hami or Josh Jackson, Dwayne Casey told us he wanted to keep his second unit together. So he basically let us know what the second unit is going to be. He let us know that, you know, Kelly Olenek is going to be it. We already knew that. Corey Joseph is the backup point guard, so we know that. Uh, Josh Jackson, Hamadou Diallo both got a lot of minutes. They both played really well. Uh, so it looks like we got those four locked in. And this is where me and Bryce maybe see things. Maybe I actually know. I'm not going to say see things differently. I'm just going to hope that it's not the case. Uh, but Bryce brought up that it looks like that Trey Lyles may be the fifth guy in that 10-man rotation going Casey's been telling us about instead of Frank Jackson. Uh, Bryce, so do you believe that it's going to be Trey Lyles or do you think that Frank Jackson – when he gets back from his ankle injury. Because Frank Jackson, uh, it's not just Killian Hayes and Kay Cunningham dealing with ankle injuries. Frank Jackson also is dealing with one himself. So do you think Frank Jackson is going to be 
going to be given a chance to get into that rotation once he returns from that ankle injury. I talked about a little bit yesterday that maybe they want to go with Josh Jackson at the four, try to run Hamadou Diallo with Frank Jackson. And since you got that stretch five of Kelly Olenek, that allows you to play that tandem of Hamadou Diallo and Josh Jackson, gives you a little bit more spacing. Uh, what's your overall thoughts with that? Yeah, I mean, I like kind of like you said, I hope it's Frank Jackson. And I'm just trying to read between the quotes, I guess, for lack of a better term here. And, you know, he's, you know, Dwayne Casey had a quote saying he, you know, 10 man rotation is what he sees it as. And then what you brought up where he said that the starting lineup was what it was because he wanted to leave the second unit the same. Now, maybe he was just talking about the guard spots, but I just took that as the five guys that came off the bench during meaningful time before the fourth quarter when the game kind of, it almost turned into like a pickup game at my opinion, in my opinion, you could see where the intensity kind of you know people let off the gas but was that lineup of Corey Joseph JJ Hami Trey Lyles and um, Kelly Olenek so I'm again with Frank Jackson out maybe that's why I hope that's why I'm with you Koo I want to see it be like Frank Hami and JJ in the you know two through four I guess Um, but I don't know like I, I would not be shocked at all if the second unit we saw in last night's game or Tuesday night's game is the lineup, sorry, excuse me, Wednesday night's game, is the lineup um, that we see start to start the regular season. All right, well, I, I, I'm going to hope that they give Frank Jackson a chance to try being in that rotation. Uh, but let me ask you this. I, I kind of brought up the fact that if with Kelly Olenek at the starting five, we'll talk about him a little bit soon too, uh, but Kelly Olenek at the five giving you that adequate spacing that maybe that gives you the capability of running the Hamadou Diallo-Josh Jackson tandem that was really bad last year. It just did not do very well when they were on the court together. Um, maybe that helps you give enough spacing to run those guys together. And if the Pistons want, they could possibly put Josh Jackson at the four, Hamadou Diallo at the three, and then Frank Jackson at the two, and that gives you even more spacing to kind of, you know, you got enough balance with shooting and people who like running gunning with Hamadou Diallo and Josh Jackson on the floor. Do you think that's something that they could do, or do you see that being something that, can't really be something sustained over a, over a season, maybe just something they experiment with here and there. I don't see an issue with Frank Jackson, Josh Jackson, and Hami Diallo two through four. My issue with that lineup or my concern, Koo, and I'd like to get your thoughts on this, is the Frank Jackson, Corey Joseph backcourt. All of a sudden, you're pretty small in the backcourt there. And I realize you're really, really athletic at the three and four with Hami and Josh Jackson, but you're five man. And like you said, we'll talk about Kelly Olinick later. Um, his defense is better than what people are going to give him credit for just in terms of a team defender. But he's obviously not like a lock you down one on one defender, switchable, not very switchable, all of that. So you have two really athletic guys. You know, not that Frank's unathletic, but he is a shorter guard playing at the two. And Corey Joseph, you know, is what? Um, six two, six three. So you're a little small in the backcourt. Maybe as a second unit, that's not a huge issue, but that might would be the bigger concern for me. Well, for me, I want, I'm not so much concerned about that because it is a backup unit, and I, and you know they are pretty. If that lineup would be pretty small across the board. Uh, that would be fair, but I'm not. I'm not so much worried about the backcourt as I would be worried about their height and in their in their and how tall they are, how big they are across the board. Uh, and a dip, for a different reason, that's rebounding. Yes. Um, I feel like I feel like it would probably – I really would like to see it happen on offense. I think it would be really nice to see. And I honestly think if it was me, I probably would make that my permanent backup if I was going for a 10-man rotation. I probably would just do that outright uh, and just see how it goes because I really don't want to see Trey Lyles out there playing. And I would rather – for me, 
especially in the NBA that it is now with just basically positionless basketball. You just want to put your five best guys out there. You want to have those your top ten guys out there. I feel like I feel like that's your top ten right there. Trey Lyles is not in there. And I would rather not sit Frank Jackson. But the wor- worry I feel like that comes in is rebounding. So like for example, this is without this lamp even happening. This is with just the lamp that they played against San Antonio. The Pistons won one fifteen one five, but they got out rebounded fifty seven to forty one. Uh, it was really bad on the defensive glass. They couldn't secure any rebounds. Uh, and that's actually something I want to maybe bring up to you at the end of the podcast. I will, I'm not going to spoil that yet, but they did get out-rebounded pretty heavily against the Spurs. So that is my one concern with that lineup. Uh, but my thing is, it's obviously just one preseason game, so it may not – that it, it you can't take too much from it. But this would be my, like, takeaway from it. Like, if you're going to struggle rebounding with Trey Lyles at Power Forward anyways in your backup lineup with Kelly Olenek, just struggle with Josh Jackson, Hamadou Diallo, and Frank Jackson as your backup instead. They'll give you more offensively. You could probably do some more things offensively, run and transition some more. Uh, and, you know, if, if you're going to take the switch off with losing rebounding, I'd rather get more of a positive offensively then. That, that's basically my takeaway from that. And here's the thing. If that's the lineup you're going to go with, Josh Jackson and Hamadou Diallo are two really good guys to have if that's the issue because those are two of the better wing rebounders, not on the Pistons, not in the Eastern Conference, but in the NBA. Like, if you look per 100 possessions, okay, they're two of the better wing rebounders in the league. And so, you know, last night even in a, in a game like you've talked about where we did not – the Pistons did not rebound. For, am, I, am I allowed to say we? I always get confused. Like, I always – I'm not ever sure if I'm allowed to say that or not. So I've, I've been trying. I had, to I had the. I I, st- I stopped saying that once I got credential. I had the. I I tried cutting it out. I accidentally one time. Quick story. Uh, one time I was asking Dwayne Casey a question. I accidentally said we and caught myself and switched to Detroit before he noticed. Uh, but all the all the beat writers made fun of me afterwards and, and pulled fun at me. But okay. well, go ahead. I, I, I don't know that I'm ever going to be a beat writer or credentialed or anything. So maybe I can <laughs> maybe it can maybe I can pass still doing it. But I've I've seen people tweet about it and I've been trying to stop myself. So if people hear me say we, I apologize. But it's also part like I want people to know I'm all in on this. Like I'm I am like part of you know the Pistons and what the fans want and and all you know all about it. So that's why I like to say we. If anybody ever wondered, um, but in a game where we, the Pistons, got out-rebounded. Hami Diallo was the second-leading rebounder, and Josh Jackson was what would be like third or fourth on the team. You know, So those guys are really good rebounders, so that lineup may work with them rebounding just enough. JJ can block shots a little bit. Hami's athletic. Like, I, I would be intrigued as well. I'm with you, Koo. I would like to see that lineup. I'm just not sure it's going to be what we do see to start the season. Well, I guess we'll just have to wait to see until Frank Jackson gets back from the ankle injury, see if that's something Dwayne Casey tested out with. Uh, and, yeah, I think that that last point you made was a very good point. I was actually going to bring it up if you didn't, that Hamadou Diallo and Josh Jackson combined for more rebounds, them two between anyone else on the bench combined. Uh, so those, I was definitely going to bring that up. Good point by you, Bryce. Uh, but when we come back, we're going to talk a little bit about Kelly Olynyk. Bryce just did a breakdown on Detroit Bad Boys of Kelly Olynyk and Sadiq Bay's game. Uh, I talked about Sadiq Bay on yesterday's podcast. So we're going to talk about Kelly Olenek coming up. Uh, but before we do that, let me tell you about one of our sponsors, an app that I really feel like you guys should check out this year, and that's Sleeper. In 2018, the fantasy sports experts at Sleeper realized that fantasy basketball was broken. Games were being won and lost based on whose players had more scheduled games that week. That made no sense and required very little strategy, and it really was just all about luck. So in 2020, Sleeper released a brand new way of playing fantasy basketball, and it's a game – it's a new way called game picks and it's only available on sleeper 
In game picks, owners pick a single game per week for each starter to count towards their team's total score, ensuring an even number of games played between your opponents. The days of losing because your opponent players simply had more scheduled games to play in that week are over. The days of mindless daily busy work are over. The days of giving up halfway through the season because of that busy work, also over. In game picks, you pick one game per week for each player based on player matchups, home versus away, opponent's defensive ranking, pace of play, and more. All of that adds up to more strategy and less busy work. Whether you prefer a redraft, keeper, or dynasty, game picks has you covered. Sleeper cracked the fantasy basketball code. And if you play fantasy football like I do and you prefer building out weekly strategy versus daily busy work, you're going to love game picks. Download the Sleeper app now and start a league with your friends today. You will not be disappointed. Sleeper's one-of-a-kind game picks is the most strategic fantasy basketball experience in the industry. So go download Sleeper today and start playing fantasy basketball with your friends. All right, Bryce, so let's talk a little bit about Kelly Olenek. I talked about him on yesterday's podcast. I said that, you know, even if you just don't look at the stats, you don't worry about him scoring. You don't want to look at how many points he scored, etc. If you just wipe out the box score and you're just watching the game, I feel like when you watch him, he just he just shows off the fact that he's just an incredibly smart offensive player. It, I had a lot of fun just watching him play because it felt like he knew what he was going to do when he was going to do it. He was able to read defenses. He played at his own pace. He was very calm. He just he the the way he I what's the word like I guess the swagger that he carried with himself on offense like just exhibited like yeah I'm pretty damn good offensively I know what I'm doing here let me just you know move my own pace I'm gonna know exactly what I'm gonna do when I'm gonna do it and it's gonna work and I, I don't know I just really enjoyed watching him offensively in this first preseason game I can't wait to watch him throughout the season uh, but give us a little bit of what you broke down in your breakdown with Detroit Bad Boys and what your takeaways from Kelly Olynyk's first preseason game with the Pistons was. Yeah, so I kind of went three ways. The first one I actually went with defense and because I think it's just easy to look at Kelly Olynyk and he's not the most fleet of foot, not the most athletic and just assume that he's going to be a negative defender. And again, if you put him in a one-on situation, like he's not going to match up with Joel Embiid and stop him. He's probably not going to match up with Jokic and stop him, but he's a really good team defender and I showed us some some clips of him being a great help defender, taking a charge, actually getting a steal in a rotation just because he has a high basketball IQ so he's going to execute a scouting report and a game plan and he's going to make the right rotations and he's going to be a good plus positive team defender not individual defender but then it was offensively cool and you're exactly right I love that you said that because we know he can shoot the ball he didn't shoot it like just unreal last night but there's the spacing aspect which I highlighted on a back-to-back plays with Jeremy Grant post up and the the freedom and the how open it left the lane having your five man stand at the top of the key and his guy can't help off letting Jeremy Grant go to work one-on-one but he's a ball mover coup he's not a ball stopper it doesn't stick whenever he catches it and I think I hope people understand what I'm saying um, when I say that because or what I mean when I say that he catches the ball and he shoots it he catches the ball and he drives it he goes straight into straight into a dribble handoff or he makes a one more pass and I just love that and I think that's great for a second unit there was a couple plays in the second half where I think he got a little bit of that swagger you're talking about but in general we're going to see him be a ball mover and the offense is going to flow very very well with him on the floor yeah I completely agree with you I can't wait to see him play throughout the season with the Pistons. I can't wait to see the added element of having a five who's a legit shooter, not Isaiah Stewart, who's, you know, uh, you want to see him become a shooter and he can hit one every now and then, like a legit stretch big who is a sniper and has to be respected at all times. You saw that already taking place in the first preseason game and how that helped guys. One of the examples, like you said, Jeremy Grant post up, which just really, I just want to point out again, 
that the addition of Kelly Olynyk into that bench unit really makes me believe that a lineup of Hamadou Diallo and Josh Jackson can survive out there and actually not even just survive, but just be really good. Uh, last season, it was really bad. Um, and it was partly because they just didn't have much spacing. I mean, me and you talked about it in the podcast a few times. I talked about it a lot in the podcast. Dwayne Casey would truck out this lineup of Saban Lee, Hamadou Diallo, Josh Jackson, and just those three right there already. That's just, it's its a death sentence. You're just well, not I mean, going as, to as much as we liked him, Sekou wasn't exactly a floor spacer either. Yeah, so even when you add, so those four right there, that's just, it's a death sentence. You don't have any spacing, and you're just not, it's just not going to happen. And whoever you want to say was the backup center at that time in those lines, like Isaiah Stewart, Mason Plumlee, that's also, like, you just, you're not getting any spacing at all. And it's just not going to work at all. It's it was it was putrid what you what we were watching uh, during those games. But with Kelly Olynyk at your five, and then Corey Joseph at your backup point guard, and then like I threw out there earlier, possibly having Frank Jackson as your two, there's adequate spacing everywhere. You have to the big man's not going to be in the in the paint waiting at the rim. He's going to be out having to respect Kelly Olynyk, and it opens up driving lanes for Josh Jackson and him to do the outline. You saw both of them have really good games. I feel like last night for the Pistons, or two days ago when you guys listened to this, I believe. Uh, but, yeah, they both had really good nights. So that's one of the elements I'm really looking forward to seeing with Kelly Olenek is the fact that he makes certain lineups possible to happen that just probably wouldn't be otherwise possible to run out there because of what I just said. Yeah, and so – and I realize it was one game. It's preseason. I, I, I think – you know, I saw somebody tweet out, like, can you take more from a summer league game or a preseason game? And I'll be honest – you know, I haven't watched a ton of preseason games because I never had a reason to until I became a part of this Pistons, um, you know, uh, community. And so last night was one of the first preseason games like I really sat down and just watched from the start to the end and really broke down and all that. And like you can definitely take things away like those guys are playing hard and I think you're trying to build chemistry. So I'm not saying it's the end all be all, but you can take quite a bit away from it. And I can't help but wonder watching that how much we're going to see Kelly Olynyk finish games at times. And it's no knock on Isaiah Stewart, but just all these skill sets we're talking about with him, I think really comes into play whenever you're in a late game situation, depending on who the other team is and matchups and those things. But I could see a lineup where he ends up being the guy um, closing out the last two minutes of close ball games. Yeah, I could see that too. And there's actually one question I wanted to ask you since you brought him up. Uh, what did you think about Isaiah Stewart's play on the first preseason game? Um, it, I thought he struggled. I, his first six minutes, uh, his first rotation, I, I didn't think looked great, even though he banked in the one shot, or I guess, I mean, he banked it in. So obviously it wasn't on target. You know, I, I thought the shot didn't look as like fluid as what I thought it was going to, or even as I what agree. we saw I'm last year. I'm glad you brought that up. Yeah. I'm glad you brought that up because the shot looked different to me. I don't like that. Yeah, and I don't know if, if they were tweaked, tweaked it. I don't know what it was. I mean, again, it was one game. Um, I, I don't know. Like, I don't want to go over the top with it. Again, it was one game, but um, it wasn't the Isaiah Stewart I guess I thought we were going to see. Like, I, I just I, – it, it wasn't one of his best nights. You know, again, I don't want to go over the top. I've, I've said it before. He's one of my favorite players. Um, maybe it's because these other guys look so well, so good. Kelly Olynyk, Sadiq Bey. Um, but – I just didn't think it was one of his better performances. So I, my guess is on Monday we see the beef stew we are all used to. Uh, yeah, I, 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 he didn't play very well at all uh, for me, but I'm not I'm not caring too much about it because uh, he did deal with that ankle injury all summer. So I don't know how much five-on-five five he's been able to play throughout the offseason. I don't know how much 
run he's actually been able to get because of all that. So I'm not freaking out about it too much. The only thing I am like looking at a lot is, is that jumper that you brought up. Like his jumper looked different and it's something that I, people have been bringing up with Kay Cunningham, changing his jumper and how people are like trying to tweak with it. And I get like, if you want, you should always be trying to get better. But one of the things that always scares me when I hear that is that I've seen it happen in the NBA where players say, Oh, we're tweaking, we're tweaking this with this jumper. Or we want to change this. We want to change that. And then they come back and it looks worse and they just don't, they, it either looks worse. They shoot worse or it just, I don't like one of the most extreme examples. And it's not the same because he never was, I guess that good of a shooter, but Giannis, when like they changed his jumper, he went from having like a smooth, a smoother jumper to the jumper he has now. It's just like, how the hell did you get there? Who, what shooting coach did you talk to that said, yeah, this is a better shot than, than the one you previously had. Uh, but like, like I said, uh, it's a most, more extreme example. My point is, is this when any, anytime they say we're tweaking the jumper, we want to change this, we want to change that. When the guy has a relatively smooth jumper already, uh, it always worries me because I feel like it ruins stuff, especially like there's another example, more recent, Brandon Clark. His jumper is completely disgusting now. I don't know what the hell they did. That, like, I, I don't know. But yeah, that, that that's my only takeaway from Isaiah Stewart. I think he's going to be fine. Just needs to get more reps in with his five on five. But no, I mean, it's come, just. Go ahead. It's, I'm sorry. I know we're, we're probably up against uh, the ads, but I mean, it's just it's such a mental thing that to go like. I mean, you have the the muscle memory of what you've done your whole life. But there's also a mental aspect, you know, because you've done this a certain way your whole life. And now somebody's telling you it's not good enough. And then you're changing it and you're not going to make as many as what you were, no matter how broke you were, you know, and Kate Cunningham wasn't even broke. So think about that. Like they're taking somebody who was a really good shooter and now they're changing it. Well, his efficiency is going to go down. So that's got to mess with your confidence. Like it is kind of a scary thing. And I'll be honest, like I feel like I'm a pretty decent shooter and that's what I was known for as a player. But I've never, I've had a hard time getting into the mechanics of jump shots with my high school kids because it is really, really hard. Like, I've just kind of felt like you got to stay with what they're at um, as long as it's just not insane and just work on repetitions, balance, that thing, ways to compensate for it. Because changing the actual form is really, really tough, even with the age of kids I'm working with. Yeah, I, I completely agree with you. But when we come back, we'll talk a little bit about some other things that we saw from the preseason game. Uh, first preseason game and then I guess we can preview a little bit from Monday's preseason game coming up that you guys will hear from me next uh, but before we get into any of that let me tell you about a few more of our sponsors your guys' favorite sponsors up first Bill Bar best tasting protein bar on the planet earth comes with a variety of flavors including six new flavors and caramel brownie cookies and cream cherry barcia lemon almond carrot cake and apple almond crisp it also comes with other flavors such as coconut mint brownie and a bunch of other ones that you guys really should go check out my favorite is the peanut butter flavor, packed with 19 grams of protein, 180 calories, only 5 grams of sugar, and 5 grams net carbs. All of these flavors are covered in incredible tasting chocolate and are soft and easy on the teeth to chew. These bars are low in calorie and sugar, but high in protein and fiber. So go try the Built Bar. Go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LAC15 and you'll get 15% off your next order. Again, use promo code LAC15 for 15% off at BuiltBar.com. Built Bar, the best tasting protein bar ever. And then let me tell you about another one of our sponsors, BetOnline AG. Betting is now legal in Michigan, and if you're anything like me, you want to take advantage of that instantly. However, there was one problem I constantly ran into. There's so many different apps to bet through. Which betting app is the best to use? Which one is the best for me? That's why I found BetOnline, the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. 
the NFL season is in full process as I'm currently, as we're recording this, I have the LA Rams game on the other screen, go Matthew Stafford. The NBA season is coming back up soon and the MLB is in the playoffs. So you have all these different sports to bet on. However, if you want to take your adventures beyond sports, BetOnline has you covered there too. BetOnline even covers awards, TV shows, reality TV, things I didn't even know you could bet on. BetOnline has real-time updated odds and props on just about anything you can imagine. BetOnline is the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. Head over to BetOnline now to sign up and receive your 50% welcome bonus and your first deposit, and make sure you use promo code LOCKEDON. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. Cool, so, cool, cool. Hold on, because oh no, you, oh you, no. brought, you brought up fantasy football, which I got three guys playing tonight. Oh, it's, no. It's, it's not going very well so far, and I just want to say this. This is why I didn't want to play. Right now, <laughs> right now, I'm 2-2 two and two in the league, and guess who has the second most points scored in the league? You, <laughs> me, I'm third in the division, two and two, playing somebody that's four and zero. So I'm probably going to lose. So I'm going to have the second most <laughs> points in the league and have a losing record. I just want you to know this is why I didn't want to play. Wait, hold on. Let's see who who is it you're playing. Oh, you're playing Ryan. Yeah, uh, Ryan Love. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and your boy Joe like tweeted out something like mocking me after he. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I am having zero fun playing fantasy football. <laughs> no, well, you're just, two and two. You're not. You're not. You're not over four or nothing. You're two and two. You'll be straight. I, I'm, uh, I'm just kidding. It's been good. <laughs> uh, just for update, all you guys, I'm four and zero in our Pistons Twitter league. I'm, okay, can uh, we get back to the Pistons? <laughs> <laughs> uh, but something I wanted to point out before we start talking about some of the preseason stuff again, uh, I should have had this number before while we were talking about it. That's my bad. Uh, but just to give you guys an idea how bad the Josh Jackson Hamdou Diallo backcourt was. Uh, last season it, they played 6.8 minutes a game uh they had eight total games played with this lineup out there and in those games in those minutes they were a minus 5.4 on the floor that's pretty damn bad they just they were very bad on the court however like i said i feel like with kelly olenic and having more spacing out there with the five and then possibly even frank jackson at the two i feel like that lineup goes quickly from a weakness to possibly a strength so i really hope i get to see that at some point but um one of the things i wanted to bring up bryce was uh, what are you looking forward to in Monday's preseason game? If Cade and Killian both don't play, what are you? What what is keeping you watching still? Because I know a lot of fans felt like that. You know, once Cade and Killian were out, it was like, oh well, you know what? That just became way less fun to watch. And I'm not gonna lie, I, it was a little less fun for me to watch because those two guys, I feel like, are the main things that everyone's been wanting to see all all offseason. Now, Sadiq base play. Definitely made up for it a lot as you started watching. But heading into the game, you I think if you you'd be lying if anyone said your your excitement wasn't dampered a little bit by those two guys being out. So what what are you looking forward to on Monday if those two guys do not play? Yeah, I mean I can see that, but I think the other side of it is now we get to focus the light on some of these guys that we haven't been giving a lot of attention to. You know, a guy I really don't think we've talked a lot about this summer, this offseason, is Jeremy Grant. And he looked pretty good. You know, he came out, he was kind of on fire, he tempered off just a little bit. I thought he was aggressive. And so I'm I'm interested to continue to see that. I thought he went one-on-one or isolation, um, you know, quite a bit. I don't know how much we're going to have to do that when Cade's in the lineup and if Sadiq, like you just brought up, continues to grow his game the way it looked like in game one. I'm really interested to see that. As you said, as part of the article I wrote for Detroit Bad Boys, I did a Sadiq Bay breakdown. And there were some really, really good things. I'm really excited about what we saw in that first preseason game. And I want to see if it it shows those things show themselves again. Um, 
I want to see guys like Hami Diallo, Josh Jackson continue to see how they look. Um, I know we've talked about those two guys a lot, but um, I think it's going to be an interesting year for Josh Jackson. It's a contract year, and you know how high I am on Hami Diallo. I thought he was just okay in preseason game number one. Um, so I'm interested to see what he looks like as well. So uh, there's still plenty there for me. You know, Isaiah Stewart bouncing back. Saban Lee kind of had an up and down game. I don't know that he played extremely well. Uh, again, it's just exciting to have competitive, semi-meaningful Detroit Piston basketball back. So I'm going to tune in no matter what. Yep, fair enough. I'll be tuning in no matter what, obviously, because I'm a Pistons fan, but I'm also the host of this podcast, so I have to I have to watch to, to talk about something. But no, all joking aside, uh, I have to I'm gonna be looking forward to seeing if Sadiq Bay's playmaking and decision making was not just a one off thing or something he actually has improved on. It's going to sustain into the regular season. Uh, but that's basically the only real like thing that I'm gonna be looking forward to seeing. Uh, obviously, I want to see guys play well. Jeremy Grant continuing to play well. Uh, I'd like to see that, but I expect, I, I kind of, I guess I got to a point where I kind of just expected that from him, which I guess is kind of taking him for granted, I guess, because that's not where he was last season, but that's basically where I've gotten to it with it. So I really do hope Cade and Killian play on Monday because I, I, I think all of us really want to see at least one of them in action. Specifically, honestly, you want to know who I'm more interested in? I'm more interested in seeing Killian. I basically know, I, like I've came to the conclusion, like I know Cade's going to be good. Cade's going to be a good player. He's going. To, I know what Cade's going to bring. So he's not like a question mark. I want to see the question mark, and that's Killian, because we've been told all training camp he's turning heads. He's playing tremendously, blah, 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 all that stuff. So I want to see Killian play. I want to see, is that true? Is that coach speaker? Are they just trying to boost his confidence? Is he actually improved? All that stuff. So that's that's why I'm at. I really hope that Killian plays at least. And I think, from what I understand, I think Killian's going to play. Uh, his is not like some serious ankle injury, and he almost played last game. Uh, so it doesn't seem like his is as serious or as damaging as anything else. It was just precautionary. Uh, so I, I would expect Killian to be out there on Monday. It, I, I honestly be shocked if he doesn't play Monday. Uh, I think Cade probably plays on Wednesday because Dwayne Casey did say he wanted to give him two or three practices before he played. So And if he did play Monday, that would mean that he practiced each day leading up to that because there's only three days in between the games. So uh, I, I think we'll see Cade on Wednesday. Hopefully we see Killian on Monday. I really want to see those guys in action because – specifically Killian because he's the question mark that I think everyone needs to see. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. Killian was questionable going into Wednesday night's game. So you would assume that he was pretty close. And, you know, with, the, you know, four or five days here before the next one, hopefully we'll get to see him on Monday. And I agree. He's the one I'm a little more interested in seeing what he looks like. But I know a lot's been talked about Sadiq Bay. I know you've talked a lot about him. And it, it is going to be interesting. I think we saw him make a couple really nice reads. I think it kind of speaks to where he was at last year that we're getting so excited about him making two relatively, I don't want to say easy reads. Like I highlighted them and I was impressed and took notice just like you did, but like they weren't just like unbelievably tough reads. Like the help the helper guy didn't come on the drop off to Isaiah Stewart. Like it was a hundred percent the right read, but really the only read. The ones I'm more excited about are him and like in the mid post, because I really think that's a place where the offense could run through him and he could really be dangerous. We saw his ability to score like in that mid post um, whether he faces a guy up or just really turns it into a post up or, and then if he is really effective, if double teams and helps and guys are playing off hedging at him, then can he make the right read to a teammate to get them an open shot? That's the reads I'm really interested in watching him make even more than like the downhill drives and making that one. 
Yep, I completely agree with you. I talked about that at length uh, yesterday's podcast. All you guys who were asking me to give Sadiq Bay a little bit more love in the podcast, you guys should go listen to yesterday's podcast. I spent the entire first segment giving him praise. And like I said, I'm a fair person. I'm going to analyze what I see in front of me. I'm not going to hold no grudges or anything or try to say something just to, like, you know, force a narrative. When things, when the evidence changed, so will my opinion. And my the evidence was changing that first game. I'll be honest about it. So uh, I enjoyed what I saw from Sadiq Bay in that first game. Hopefully he continues it into the second game and shows that it's actually something he's improved on and not just like some flash in the pan. Uh, but we'll see what happens. But that's we're going to end the podcast right there and wrap it up. Uh, Bryce, make sure you go let everybody know where they can find you on Twitter and where they can find the Motor City Podcast on. Yeah, so on Twitter, Motor City Hoops. Um, the podcast, Motor City Hoops podcast, you can find it on Apple, Spotify, anywhere you listen to podcasts. And then over at Detroit Bad Boys, now that games are up or games are being played, I'll be doing breakdown videos either on individual players or set plays or just as I watch the game or whatever's being talked about on Twitter. That's what I'll try to break down the next day or in a couple days following. So um, that's really my passion. That's what I love to do. So make sure you check those out. I appreciate all the support and always appreciate Koo for letting me come on the Locked On Pistons podcast and just talking uh, talking about our Pistons. Appreciate it, man. Appreciate you coming on. And just real quick before we wrap it up, do you have any interesting guests coming on soon that anyone should know about? Yeah, so at Pistons Thoughts is coming on. We're actually going to record Monday after the game, and then a week after that, I got James Edwards III from The Athletic coming on for like um, the last episode I'll have before the start of the season. So those are the next two guests coming up, um, which I'm really excited about. So if you guys have a chance, after you get done listening to Locked On Pistons, um, check out that Motor City Hoops podcast. Yep, absolutely. Make sure to uh, make, go check that out and go check out his podcast with James coming up in a few weeks. Uh, that's definitely going to be a good one as well. Talking with Jordan Piston Thoughts in a week or so, whenever you said that was going to end up drop, dropping. Uh, but before, like he said, before you do all that, thank you for making Lockdown Pistons your first listen of every day. Continue making Lockdown Pistons your first listen every day. Uh, and after that, Make sure you go check out Locked On Fantasy Basketball with Josh Lloyd, where he's previewing the upcoming fantasy basketball season. I was on there a few weeks ago talking about the Pistons players from a fantasy perspective, but obviously fantasy basketball is more about the entire league, not just Piston players. So if you're interested in fantasy basketball, go check that out. It's a really good podcast. And then after all that, please make sure you check out Motor City Hoops and check and support my man Bryce over here. Make sure you go follow him on Twitter. But that's all we got for today. Make sure you guys go follow me on Twitter at Kukahill. Make sure you leave a five-star review down below if you haven't already. I appreciate you guys for listening all this week while we dealt with some unor- uh, unordinary uh, situations with my mic quality. I don't know if it was that bad or not uh, because I was in Chicago and, and internet connection, all that causing it to be a little bit later in the day when I posted all that. I appreciate you guys still listening. Uh, I'll be back on Monday to preview the Pistons game, and I'll see you guys then. Go Pistons, and have a great weekend, everybody. Peace out.